Welcome to another episode of Heart to Health Talk, where we discuss health issues concerning youth in Singapore. I am Tizin. And I am Yuki. And we are your hosts for our first podcast series, Finding Balance. Today, we will be wrapping up this series on finding balance in our lives by discussing the topic of achieving a healthy body. Hmm, Tizin, actually right, what do you think a healthy body is exactly? I'm actually not very sure. But I'm thinking along the lines of someone who's like super fit, someone like Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, because she's a really fit body and like she's able to do so many things. And in fact, one of my newest resolution was actually to train to achieve her body. I think I kind of get where you're coming from. It's like when you see the Victoria's Secret models like down the runway and they're so fit and seem very healthy. It's something that you might consider pursuing also like as a newest resolution. But I also heard like they vigorously exercise for like at least five days a week and they go on a very strict diet. Is that something that you are willing to go through? Well, that would mean no desserts, right? I think that would be really difficult for me, to be honest. And it's quite interesting because I do have a couple of other friends who are also striving to achieve this ambitious body type. But somehow or another, we don't seem to be able to achieve it. Have you had any New Year's resolutions as such? I think quite similar to you is like sometimes I think I might be a bit over-ambitious with what I set out to do. Or even if it's like, it's seemingly normal, but I can't seem to keep it consistent through my weeks. Like slowly, slowly, it starts to die off. And you feel a bit sad about it. I think you don't really achieve what you set out from the start. How about you? Yeah, I think it's quite interesting because we're trying to achieve a healthy body. But then again, I also have all these other enjoyments in life that I want to achieve. So there's this question of how do we find this balance in achieving our health targets along with being able to live life to the fullest and enjoy life? Do you know the answer to that, Yuki? I think the best person to answer is actually Prof. Michael Chia. He is here today to join us and he's a professor of pediatric exercise science at the NTU National Institute of Education. He's internationally renowned for his research in physical inactivity, fitness and sports in youth, as well as school-based interventions to increase physical activity. Hi Prof Chia, nice to meet you today. Hello, likewise. Maybe we can kickstart with the first question. So actually we wanted to ask you, how should we define like, what a healthy body is? Right, thank you for having me on your program. Actually, I was listening in in your conversation just now, and I was very, very intrigued. Actually, both of you look perfectly healthy. And of course, all of us full of life, full of energy and enthusiasm. And in fact, that should be also one of our connotations in terms of what we visualize to be healthy. World Health Organization defined perfectly healthy means more than just freedom from our absence of disease. And there are different dimensions of health. You mentioned the very visible, the physical portion. That is only one part of being healthy. You have at least five dimensions of wellness. So physical being one of them. So, you know, absence of disease. And sometimes you can be relatively fit even if you live with disease. Some of the dimensions of health that you might want to consider beyond being physical is the social dimension, for example, you know, so how well you get along, not just with peers, but with your significant others, whether you have a, a good social support or not, that's the social dimension. Another measure of being healthy is also your emotional dimension, how well you function emotionally. Uh, simply put, it is also um, whether you are able to express your emotions appropriately. Another dimension of wellness would be your intellectual aspects. And this is, I would say, very well developed in young people. So formal schooling is one of them, but it goes beyond the formal schooling, how well you do in school, 
how well you do in your first job as well. But it also means whether you are interested in general knowledge, are you uh, kept abreast with what's going on around you in the world, in your own space, in your own country, even if it doesn't affect you directly. Then finally, there is also the spiritual dimension. Now, spiritual dimension does not mean that you need to have a religion, even though there are many people with a religion. So that's one aspect of their physical wellness. But even if you don't have a religion, what is your relationship with other living things? What's your attitude towards your environment, for example? So the idea of finding balance is, again, quite a challenge because everybody aspires to be excelling in many things. So I want to excel in health. But unfortunately, a lot of the connotation comes in and said, you know, physical is one, but we often neglect some of the others. Of course, if you look good and you keep fit and all that, other dimensions also get developed. For example, if you are very fit and you are very outgoing, that you know broadens your social circle. It exposes you to different groups of people, not just in your interest group. So if you have an open mind, that's part of your both emotional and intellectual part, your openness to other people who are interested in other different things, right? You are willing to go try out different things, you know? So young people like to try dancing, MMA, and you're only young once. So obviously you want to try and experience as many things as possible within reasonable means, of course. I think it's quite cute that it's like instead of YOLO, it's like yo-yo. <laughs> yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, only young yes. ones. But yes. just now when you listed out like all the five dimensions, right? Do you think it can be quite unrealistic to check each and every box? Like it sounds quite hard to achieve actually. Okay. Yes. It is not really something you check off, right? One speaks of different phases in our lives. Um, you know, have you heard of the expression? If you have a lifespan that spends, you know, a hundred years, let's say, you want to spend the first one third, you know, learning as much as you can, growing as much as you can. Then the next one third, you want to spend earning as much as you can. And then the third dimension, giving as much as you can. So learn, earn, give. So at different phases of your life, obviously, when you are at a young age where you are accumulating a lot of knowledge and experience, so you will expect certain dimensions to be a little bit more developed than the others. But it becomes a problem when we only focus on only those dimensions. You know, for example, we always say you should develop your emotional aspects, your social wellness when you are young, because you can't say, I just focus on my intellectual portion and and do well in my studies and don't care about making friends. Uh, And then when you are ready to do so, they may not be there. So I give you an example, university life and young working life are some of the best years of your life, right? You don't just want to study together, you want to socialize together as well. That's why, you know, living in hall is so attractive. You earn some freedom. (laughs) Yeah, but those things come with challenges. All of a sudden, you're flooded with all sorts of social opportunities of mixing and sometimes people need to adjust they got wow so many opportunities to make friends and then instead of uh, yolo right loser i join in every single activity and then i don't get enough sleep i have late night suppers and all of a sudden you forget about your work deadlines so all of us go through those stages right then you start to self-calibrate so it all comes back to the individual and not like a checklist So we we will say you are the best person to interact with the environment 
and then say what works best for you. And it's also important to be mindful of some of the dangers and some of the risks. The good advice people always say, associate with people that brings out the better side of you and not bring out the worst side of you. So one can speak of wellness in relationships, right? Whether it's with your significant others, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, parents, and so on, and even people that you meet for the first time. So it's about balance, not really about checking off a list. And important to periodically review or reflection is, is useful or, you know, at different important phases of your life. We often only reflect when something catastrophic happens. Then only do we take stock. But I think it's a good practice. Some people say, you know, let's do it on a daily basis. When you get up in the morning, be thankful for all the things that you have and so on. And then by noontime, they always say, seek forgiveness. People, if you have offended, you know, oh, I didn't have enough sleep, so I was a bit grouchy. <laughs> and then the, the next half of the day, try to make up. So surround yourself with positive people. I mean, that's something that works for me. I felt that it keeps me sane. It keeps me grateful. Yeah. And, and that comes with a bit of life experience as well. Yeah. I think that's a very holistic point of view on what a healthy body is, you know. Especially that segment on young people and how at this age of our life, we are trying to max out our social stats in a sense. But in the process, we might be missing out on our different responsibilities. We actually mentioned our first episode on fear of missing out. And we also had this idea of gratitude because that's something that will help us to like reflect on what has happened, what can happen and what we can change, you know? So if I may say it, because it's quite difficult. So when you have a lot of energy, sometimes we tend to be a bit reckless. We don't think that's why surrounding yourselves with sane, you know, like-minded people is very important. It's quite sad sometimes. I mean, you read in the local newspaper, very well-meaning young people, you know, because of a mistake or a risky behavior, you know, makes a brash decision and then sometimes lose life and limb, which is kind of sad. Nah? And, and we have many examples like that. So especially if you stay out all night, you are sleep deprived. And on a long-term basis, sometimes that leads to brash behavior, risky behavior. And we have all been there before. So if one speaks about, you know, drinking too much and things like that, especially in your peer. So it's good to be wary about those things. Yeah. And like speaking of young people, what do you think a healthy young person in Singapore looks like? Because I do have a lot of friends who, in terms of physicality, they're actually not exercising at all, but they still look super skinny. And I'm wondering, is that healthy? But then again, like the other aspects they mentioned, like mental wellness, and do you think it's something like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where some aspects of health might be and should be prioritized over others? I would say to each its own also. We all have different experiences, right? We tend to think that everybody is universal. But once you are able to open up and learn from others, you'll be very surprised that actually many of us come from very diverse backgrounds and very diverse attitudes also. So there are certain basic needs, obviously, you want to get right from the start. And some of us are blessed with better genes than others. So essentially, if you're talking about body type, just generally, mm -hmm. so one speaks of like an ectomorph, mesomorph and endomorph. An ectomorph, someone very lean and lanky, doesn't put on weight. A mesomorph is somebody tends to put on a lot of muscle, quite easily put on a lot of weight, but lose it just as fast. And then an endomorph is somebody like a roly-poly, you know what a roly-poly is, no? Yeah. That you fall down, you roll down, and you've got difficulty getting up, like Santa Claus. So you tend to put on a lot of weight easily. 
Yeah, so these are all stereotypes, but there's some genetic disposition, of course. So we just make do with what we have. And actually, the gratefulness part is quite interesting. I'd like to share this uh, saying that say that the human body is the best missionary that you will ever own. You know, it's fantastic. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And even though we like to think that, oh, somebody looks perfect, like you mentioned Wonder Woman or Superman, right? These are visual images. You know, when I look at myself, I always tell people, what are you doing? I say, I'm still waiting for my growth spurt because I wish I was taller. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was taller, you know, and I would be better, but I will never be taller. So I just say, okay, what can I do? So actually the point I'd like to make is that most of us are quite self-conscious. We are never satisfied with what we are. And a lot of people are like that. But actually, if we realize that we should focus on our abilities rather than our disabilities, I think I use your example to say just now, you said somebody who is very athletic, but actually maybe the person is very insecure. Yeah. So if we see it in this manner, then we'll we normalize things that it is all right to feel insecure, knowing you know where your strengths are and your weaknesses. And of course, give yourself opportunities. Now, yesterday I saw this program. I was really very intrigued. It's a bit of an extreme example. It's a survival program that this British person challenges himself by being in the wilderness with nothing on. And then he has to survive like one month. So he had this anecdote that said, life is out there. Life is about being uncomfortable, about embracing discomfort. Only then is the person living. However, there's a caveat. I want to say we don't have to go to those extremes, right? Feel alive. Mm. You know, we all have all our avarices to conquer. But message I want to say is that being out of your comfort zone gives you the opportunity to learn new things. I think those are really like wise words for like a 20-year-old to hear that also. I think because now we are facing so much challenges at different phases in life also. Some of us might be trying to find an internship and the job market these days are quite hard also. So the challenge that you face is actually seemingly big to us but in the long run I think maybe a small issue mm. like when you're older and you look back and I think like what you say these little milestones is actually just a way for us to grow and like to find out more about ourselves like a journey of self-discovery or so so we don't have to be too discouraged about all these challenges that we are facing right now indeed you're spot on there in the sense that you know many of us we always think about the destination but actually, it is the journey to that destination that is more fulfilling than the destination itself. Really, you know, when people say, okay, like getting the job, but when you get the job, you're still not happy. You know, the, the idea in pursuit of contentment. And you're exactly spot on to say that nobody else will have this opportunity, even though many perceive as hardship, right? So the process allows us to, for example, empathize with many of our peers. Because the self-discovery is yours to own. Nobody else will own that, you know. So again, I'm reminded by this anecdote that somebody told me about, about different phases in life. This person is rather discontent with everything. So always looking at the destination, right? If I get my dream job, then I'll be happy. But when the person got the dream job, then say, I want my next promotion, then I'll be happy. When the person got the promotion, you know, still not happy. And then went through life like that. Eventually, do you know what was written on the person's tombstone? No, what was the epithet? Here lies somebody who said that he would be happy tomorrow. I mean, it's just a story that I remember that life is like that. We are never contented. Nothing wrong with that because it drives improvement. But what we're saying is that seize every moment because everywhere there are people 
you matter and don't realize that actually people look up to you without you realizing it, especially because I'm in the teaching profession, right? So I always share with my students who go out and said to the young people, you could be that hero, you know, who believed in them when nobody else believed because, you know, maybe some of them come from disadvantaged families, not so privileged or dysfunctional families. And you were the only person who, as an adult, would encourage them. So we are full of faculties, even disabled people have ability. And in fact, disabled people inspire a lot of able people because they never let the disability get in their way. So these are things that inspire all of us to be better versions of ourselves. So actually that part is far more attractive and far more attainable and livable than any physicality. Like, you know, among guys, they always say, you know, I want to develop a six pack. And when I shared that when I was younger, yeah, I like, had a six-pack. And now that I'm married and children and all that, I say I have a family pack. <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I wanted to maybe like shift our focus more into like, the physical aspect of health. Sure. And I was wondering, as you mentioned, sometimes when youths are like trying to achieve this health target, the motivations we have might come from the end goal and we don't really focus on the progress. But I'm also wondering like, while needing to fit into a specific standard of health or beauty, mm or people not wanting to be left out or feeling like lesser than others because we're always comparing with others. Mm -hmm. I noticed that some of my friends are participating in different fitness classes. They are going for more gym and all that. So with health education and more youths understanding the value of good health, I feel like I see more people, especially young people, trying to set goals to get healthy. And from your experience, like what are some motivating factors behind why youth are increasingly wanting to get healthy? I wish more of Singaporeans would take the lead from youth because we are also aging and actually all our statistics are telling us throughout the whole age span, uh, we are not physically active enough, even uh, based on minimum recommendations and we might suffer for that. So it's good to see portions of not just youth, sometimes the elderly also now, there's a lot more education. And I think it's a very good thing because our bodies are made for moving. You know, in the past, exertion is for survival. We had to move a lot to be able to hunt and eat, right? These days, we don't even go out and get our food. We have food panda and everything in. So in terms of energy expenditure, we don't have moving exercises three times a day just to balance. If you use the concept of calories in and calories out, we are way under. So the motivation to get fit and look better and all that is great. So they are investing in their health and longevity. I always share with you know young educators and we do a lot of research in early childhood as well for the first 1,000 days of their life. Movement is the prerequisite for all forms of learning, not just academic learning. Why do you think young toddlers they are fidgeting all the time? Because they are learning. And if you curtail them, if you restrict their movement, actually the extreme cases is that there are studies done in orphanages in some other third world countries, right? They tie the orphans to benches and because of human neglect and lack of human warmth and all that, they end up being retarded. In Singapore, we're lucky that we have enough leisure time and maybe money to be able to do that, to experience new things, to be amongst different friends, to try different sports. So it's a very good trend and it's a trend that I think all of Singapore, our government is promoting even for the not so young, the elderly. I think vulnerable group is actually young adults that are starting work. So health promotion board saying between the ages of 25 to 40, that's the time when they put on the most. So 
course, they are trying to get on in their career and as well as raising maybe young families. They don't have time to exercise or coupled with, you know, availability of food and so on. So we seek food as reward and comfort. Singaporeans say, I exercise to eat. Of course, we're a food paradise, right? I mean, we don't want to deny ourselves. So one good trick actually is quite interesting. You don't restrict yourselves, but you eat extremely small portions. Instead of, you know, everything upsize, everything downsize. So you share or, yeah. Sharing is caring, right? Yes. But I like the idea because you get to like taste a little bit of everything. So your mouth is satisfied, you know? Yeah. But then your stomach doesn't yes. suffer that as much. Mm-hmm. And, and this morning, I was having a conversation with my family and uh, my daughter, who is your age, was saying, you know, this 80-20 rule, you can apply to everything. Lah. So in terms of diet, look, look out for the 80% healthy and then you can enjoy the 20%. Does that answer your question? You could actually add on because I tend to go off tangent. It does contribute to how we can understand better like, like our own motivation factors of why we want to exercise in the first place. Some of us, because we want to eat more, right? So we exercise. Yeah, but we were wondering also, like, what are the other possible motivation factors that people want to exercise? Is it usually for themselves or is there like peer pressure, external pressure that makes them want to exercise and be healthy yes. also? So we hear a lot of interesting case studies, right, recently in the papers as well. So some of them, something catastrophic happens in their family, you know, relative or older person, or some people just tired about being overweight all their lives or being unfit all their lives. Some have bad habits, harmful habits like smoking, drinking too much, and they want to make a change for the better. And that could be that kind of motivation. But for some others, it's a lot more normal and innocuous. So sometimes it's the social circle. So different things for different people. Yeah. And sometimes to better support and advise our friends, like just now when you mentioned, like sometimes it's your peers that encourage you to exercise. What we are concerned by is how do you ensure that the motivation is appropriate and not pressured? It's not something that a person feels because my friends are doing, then I don't want to miss out, then I'm doing it. Or like, they feel obligated, like they don't want to be a part of it, but it's just like social pressure that makes you do it. How can we bring up more intrinsic motivation? Mm. I acknowledge that there are lots of peer pressure. There's some amount of trust as well. I mean, how do you know this group is not right for you? So, you, you know, you need some introspection, meaning to say, do you like yourself when you are in this group? You know, do you always get angry? Do you always feel insecure? It can be normal behavior of the group or just the group dynamics, but somehow you feel being put down or you don't feel very good or you don't feel very listened to. And it doesn't just happen one-off, it's quite often and so on. So those are, to some extent, some warning signs. Whatever it is, you must not feel too out of your league there, too discomforting. So the self-awareness and the motivation. These days... To have a high level of self-awareness is important. Some of us just follow along and never even ask this question. Maybe because they are lucky, right? They are very comfortable. Their family support is always there. They know that they are always safe. But at some point, you want to start looking out for yourself and even better, look out for some other people, right? Yeah. yeah. So you develop some of these uh, skills and so on. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's this idea that sometimes like we go extreme and mm. we end up hurting ourselves rather than like improving our health, right? So while the strive to lead a healthier lifestyle is encouraging to see and that people are like being more conscious, 
But there are also times you push yourself excessively and go overboard with our efforts mm-hmm. to be healthy until it ironically becomes unhealthy, you know? Like, sometimes people, they use self-help videos to learn more about exercise and, like, to do HIIT. But I feel like the danger of, like, doing it online, right, is that you don't have a instructor to actually oversee you. Mm. So you could be, like, pushing yourself. Maybe this exercise is only supposed to be done, like, once a week or like, three times a week. But you're doing it every day and you actually tear muscle, you know? So I'm wondering, like, why do you think this happens, you know? Why do people, like, go extreme sometimes? Is it through ignorance or is it through a knowing, conscious, like, yes, I will go extreme, you know? Yeah. Sometimes combination of both. I'm glad you brought that up. Just on the point about YouTube videos, there are so many of them there and some of them are really very good. So for example, HIIT. So if you are new to it, it's quite easy for you just to Google a few of those to say, you know, what are the tips for HIIT that I should look out for? You know, too much, too soon. When they say listen to your body, but to a novice person, it was quite interesting. It brings me to a story to say, you know, the reluctant exerciser, so I always say, when you want to do safe exercise, listen to your body. The retort that came back, I said, but my body is telling me not to move. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that, you see. So I was thinking like, you know, if you feel very sore the day after, that it affects your daily activity. That's a sign that you have overindulged. So we have to learn by trial and error, right? When you tear a muscle, the next time you will remember, don't overdo it. I mean, life is a bit about taking risks, but whether it's a manageable risk. When you do sport, right, all sportsmen get injured. Similarly, if you say a toddler learning how to walk, how do I prevent the person from falling? You need to fall to be able to learn how to walk. So to keep it in perspective, it's not, you know, cushioning everything. Then in that way, you will never learn, right? So sometimes despite all these precautions, it still happens. Then we have to learn from that, lah. We are not like perfect checklist, you know. I want to exercise, but I don't want to get injured. Well, we minimize all the risk, but sometimes we do get injured because it yeah, serves me right too much too soon. But then the next time, hopefully we learn from that and then become a little bit more careful. So one is find out for yourself what and, and be true to yourself. Lah. And then sometimes they self-pride also, right? So it's okay to try out and sometimes it's okay to say not for now, so it's a process as we go along. You know, disappointments are real and allow ourselves to be disappointed. Then what do we do to pick ourselves up? So also that helps in not being too extreme in anything. So you don't overinvest, whether in exercise, in academics, in relationships. It's, it's, it's difficult to say because it goes against the adage that people say, whatever I do, I do 100%. What does that mean? Right? You give your best effort, but it doesn't mean that you give your best until you cannot extricate yourself if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So there's some amount of self-protection that you should do. But I, I do know I sound sometimes a bit paradoxical because I say, you know, you do want to give your best shot. Yeah. I feel like one thing that really stood out to me is that we must be like kind to ourselves. Because even though sometimes we give it our all or like we're trying to achieve this goal, Sometimes we might not achieve it, but we should be kind to ourselves and we mm. should see that, that hey, we did make some improvement and we did give it a try. And I think also, especially for like uh, exercising, we should know our limits because uh, there's this idea among young adults that sometimes they'll go like, oh, are you mm. weak? You know, you're like weak for not being able to do this. But like, sometimes it's okay to say that, yeah, I'm weak. I just started only what? How can you expect me to be an expert on the first day? Right? Yeah. I like what you said about, you know, kindness to yourself. We, we could do with all of that. 
And sometimes because you are not kind to yourself, we're also not kind to others. You know, we don't affirm people enough, including the people who matter to us a lot. I realize that also. And just now you were sharing on going overboard on a health goal, right? Like, would you mind sharing a personal experience where it has occurred to you like that you embarked on a health goal and then you went a bit overboard? Sure. Okay. So as I said, my favorite activity now is apart from just walking, um, is daily pull-ups. I started about five years ago. So now I'm on this particular regime, a minimum of 100 pull-ups every day. But now I don't even set the challenge. I just go by feel, meaning how do I feel? So usually because a lot of Zoom, a lot of sedentary behavior, right? So like this evening, I will go up and I will be able to accomplish at least 100 pull-ups within a period of maybe an hour. And because it's extreme in the past, there was a period just last December because I also put on a weighted vest and then I got injured. Oh, no. It's just strained. Fortunately, not a very serious one. So I had to lay off for at least about 10 days. And then now I'm back again. So that's quite an extreme idea. But um, you moderate it in the sense that you go by feels. The day after, I don't feel muscle soreness. So actually, I can do more. But I, I don't intend to. Oh, actually, to go by feel is quite an interesting way to gauge like how much exercise you should be doing. I think some people, their sixth sense is not very good, right? Maybe other than like feeling, like is there like a way that we can find balance between achieving um, the healthy targets and like pushing ourselves too much or so? Yes. So firstly, get cleared to do exercise and then start small and gradually. So if you want to work on cardiovascular fitness, that means it's talking about running. But if you haven't run, start walking first and then gradually work yourself up. So always start progressively. There are principles of training that you should do first. It's also your me time. So it's a way of unwinding. It's a way of catching up with, or reflecting. So, so this part is different things for different people. So sometimes you just say you want to reflect about you know something significant or some will just say, no, I don't think of anything at all. You know, the, because we live in such a fast-paced, highly scheduled kind of life like that we don't actually have that me time. So it's part of being kind to yourself as well. So in order to that, so that you are in a better condition to be yourself or to be better versions of ourselves uh, for ourselves as well as for the people around us. So actually all of these things connected to being fit and healthy. And some do it through, you know, the exercises they do, that they are in a better disposition, a better constitution. But I think the me time, in our highly scheduled lives is really missing. Most of the time, we move from one event to another uh, without or one assignment to another. I'm also guilty of there's so many things to do. I want so many deadlines to meet. I think just now when you mentioned like me time, it reminded me of my father. Like he used to run a lot and then it showed like an improvement in his mood also. Mm. Like he seemed happier and like also having that opportunity to socialize and meet new people. I think it really benefit like my dad's health also, not in just the physical aspect, it's also the social aspect of things. Yeah, so it's like good recommendations to slowly mm-hmm. find like, our own like way of exercising. Mm, I'm so glad to hear that. And sometimes you realize actually as people get older, the relationship or familial relationship doesn't always have to be like the older one setting the tone. It could be the other way around. 
it's a new form of learning, I suppose. And sometimes you'll see that the older ones might be very resistant to the idea. I only say that because my daughter is your age too. So she always have a lot of ideas, a lot of different things. So the relationship building is something that we don't take for granted. Actually, I hope the listeners who just heard what you said, like they are encouraged by it and they would not be scared to approach like their parents and organize such family gatherings and take the initiative to make the first move rather mm. than wait for our parents to tell us what to do. We are at the age where I think we can start taking action. We can start contributing mm. to the family in different aspects as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I do feel a little bit guilty because my parents do enjoy walks, but I've never initiated like to have like a walk with them. But I think like after this conversation, I feel like it really makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and it's something that is within my capability to do. Yeah. So like, thank you so much for sharing, Prof Chia. We've come to the end of our discussion. I feel like we learn more than just about having a healthy body, but also like to, to go beyond and like really have a healthy relationship and healthy life even for the other people that we live with. Yeah. But before we conclude, it's time for some rapid fire questions. At the end of every episode, we will be asking three questions related to health for our guests to share your, your bits of wisdom on health. Okay, go on. <laughs> it may not be as rapid as you hope it to be, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> no worries. So let's begin. Um, in one line, what does health mean to you? Health means being able to enjoy, you know, the things in life that matter to me. Uh, to the fullest. Um, what is one bad health habit you want to get rid of? Um, I should say working too hard and not getting enough sleep. All right. Then the last question is, what is one health habit that you swear by? Uh, doing pull-ups. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Prof. Shah, for taking the time off your busy schedule. We're really honoured to have you and we hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. I did. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Prof. Shah. What's well, the thing? Just now, do you find that the conversation was so insightful? And I think I just reflected upon my whole life and like the different dimensions of health, like the five dimensions, is actually so deep and yet like profound in the same time, right? Yeah, I fully agree. For me, it was really like one of those, like, you know, the galaxy brain moment meme. Because I feel like when we started this episode, right, we went in thinking, okay, we're going to be talking about a healthy body and the physical aspects of it. But the moment Prof Child started talking about health, like, I realized that health was more than just how physically healthy you are, but it's also about the different aspects, about wanting to live a healthy life in relation to others also. Yeah, the part that I like is that how you can incorporate all the five dimensions together. It's not like a separate thing and it's also not a checklist. You can go through it in phases. You don't have to ensure, oh, am I healthy? Do I meet the spiritual requirements? It's not that. It's just going through life, enjoying the moment and just being happy. I think treasuring every single aspect of your life and your family time, your social life, and just not being too concerned about what's the past and what's the future going to be. I fully agree. I feel like this is actually a really good wrap up for our series on finding balance mm. because we start to understand that all these different aspects of health actually come together and we don't actually need to like focus on any single one of them. And it's more about learning for yourself what level you're comfortable at in relation to all these different aspects of health. So for our listeners, I hope you did pick up some tips on how to have a healthy body, not only in terms of physical health, but also like in terms of how to achieve and how to balance all these different aspects of health. If you want to find out more about health, particularly how it matters to you, follow us on our social media platforms at Heart to Health Talk. That's at Heart to Health Talk, where additional resources and nuggets of wisdom can be found. Hope to catch you in our next episode. Bye!